We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Wow. Already starting out great. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tuesday, October 19th edition of the Brutalware NFL podcast brought to you by WinBet. I'm Joe Bartle. You can probably at JB Fantasy Sports. Alongside me, as always, Jake Fresh. You can follow me at Roto Jake. Uh, we have now finally gotten to the point where we're having some critical bye week teams, right? That are missing. Mm-hmm. Last week was all the, the NFL does a favor and was like, oh, we're starting out with the bye weeks. We'll get some of those stinky teams out of the way right away. You're not really missing too many other than maybe Elvin Kamara. This week, not the case, and unfortunately for fantasy managers out there, not a big week for uh, free agent pickups either. I think it's pretty slim outside the the Browns backs. Yeah. I think it's yeah, shadow leagues, right? It's, see, it's I don't really even cool. know about the Browns backs because a lot of people are saying Chubb is possibly going to play, so that makes right. things interesting. We'll get there in a little bit, but no, this is the worst bye weeks it's going to get all year. I mean, six teams are on by. There are a ton of fantasy assets at all positions across the boards here, and we're. I mean, this is the kind of week that fantasy managers have to decide, am I going to take a zero at one spot because I don't want to drop someone? And that's going to be a decision that's going to be made all across the industry, especially in 14 team leagues. You know, I'm sitting there thinking like, I don't know, do I drop like a Shepard or someone like that for uh, just a fill in that's going to get me a couple points. I don't know. So uh, there's a lot going on this week. Hopefully we can help you guys guide through some of those decisions. Given I think how lackluster this free agent period is again, six teams on by probably adds to that factor too. If you do have roster questions and lineup questions for this week, we might be more willing to consider them. We'll go through them. Of course, this is a live show, uh, but everyone listening on Spotify or other, other platforms doesn't really apply to you guys out there as well. So we try not to always do these lineup-related questions. But I do think that um, roster decisions, especially with who you're picking, who you're keeping uh, at this point, 
again, with six teams on by, it's going to be really critical. So uh, we'll get to that, and we'll get to actually the Monday night recap as well, too. Obviously a great game where the Titans ended up coming out victorious because of Josh Allen's slippy, slippy feet. But before we do that, let's get a word from our sponsors, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sports app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast, and WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more right at your fingertips. If you want a break from sports betting, head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on the roulette, double down blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Okay, I talked about Titans. Get the uh, victory. Big one for them in their, uh, at least, hopes, I think, in the playoff contention right now. 34-31. Josh Allen uh, slipped on the QB sneak, which was a little bit weird to begin with, right? Goes shotgun, then moves down to these uh, QB mm-hmm. sneak formation. Uh, I think it was the right no, call, people, but I think that's dog him for thing, the right? slip. They dog him for the slip. They dog him for the call. I think it was the right call. Go for it. Be aggressive. Trust yeah. Josh Allen. The defensive lineman made a hell of a play. People tend to forget that. I mean, he crashed down right into the exact, maybe even a little lucky, but at the exact spot that Allen was coming in. So, you know, it is what it is. But leading up to that game, man, another Another wild Monday night game. You know, there's like seven lead changes. If Buffalo would have came back and won, I think it would have been a Monday night football record uh, for the lead changes in that game. Of course, the number one story has to be Derrick Henry, right? I mean, I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind anymore. uh, You know, if there was last week or even the week before that, if you redraft today, he's the number one pick, even if it's PPR or whatever, because they're still using him in that sense. I think he's on pace to break. I saw a tweet. Now, again, I don't always cite these, but uh, he's on pace to break the single season rushing record in 16 games and on pace <laughs> to break the single season yards from scrimmage record in 17 games. So uh, really just an absolute monster of an asset here. And then some other news and notes here that you got to hit on from this game. I mean, AJ Brown kind of had that illness. He's been banged up, of course, you know, food poisoning or whatever still leads the way with nine targets caught seven for 91. So a pretty decent fantasy day for him. Um, you know, it's not, it wasn't the crazy breakout Stefan Diggs game, but it was uh, a very solid fantasy day for Diggs. you know, getting 20 plus PPR points, finding the end zone, the obviously Josh Allen doing his thing, you know, going right. to keep, going to keep himself in the fantasy MVP running at least here. And then the other messy thing is this Bill's backfield continues to be junk. I mean, Moss, I think outsnapped Singletary. It was about 55 to 45% for the fifth straight week. So I still think Moss is the guy to own and start, but you know, you're kind of in a holding pattern on both of these guys. Of course you got to throw them out there uh, when bye weeks come around. You know, the thing that jumps out of the box score is Singletary being targeted five times and catching all five of them Mm. for 16 yards. But the real thing with Singletary is a lot of those plays, I didn't think many of those plays were necessarily designed for Singletary. They were like, Josh Allen, oh, crap, I better dump the ball off to somebody really fast, right? And Singletary is the guy that's, you know, two yards in front of me. And that's how it ended up here. So don't look too much into his five targets there. You know, Moss is still getting the red zone work. It's The the backfield is messy. You want a piece of this high-powered offense, but it's just very, very difficult to deal with. Well, and crucially on that final drive for the Bills, Zach Moss was the back in there. He, I think he had two catches in that contest. One of them came mm-hmm. 
uh, on a basically a bailout play as well, which is what Josh Allen, when Emmanuel Sanders and Stephon Diggs are not open, it's just the running back for Dawson Knox, and uh, it kind of works the way. I thought you were going to mention Julio Jones's Madden-esque catch where gets it off the helmet and still taps his feet and bounds, right? That was pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Did, did that end up counting or did they that take did. That was, that was that a catch. Counted. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that. That was pretty, that was pretty crazy. Yes, you're right. I was, you know, I was trying to, you don't get extra fantasy points for that, unfortunately, <laughs> but you're right. It was a very, very cool catch. I only, I only mentioned it cause I have uh Julio Jones and stake league. And yes, my team is suffering. Why'd you, why'd you ask? Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I'm happy with the production that he got last night, but I want to double back to AJ Brown. I think right now, might be the time where you can buy low on AJ Brown. I have been a little bit disappointed. I mean, we were all in him last year. And I think for most people, he was like a mid-second round, late second round pick being drafted this year accordingly, especially with Julio Jones, that offense was supposed to be pretty good. And he's been disappointing. But now we finally have the first AJ Brown game that we anticipated. And you look at the schedule to come. Titans, I'm sorry, Titans play the Chiefs next week. Pretty good passing opportunity, but then you have the Colts, Rams, Saints all bottom third in terms of allowing points to wide receivers in the fantasy position, and then Texans before uh, Patriots mm-hmm. in the Week 12. And I think that's going to be the yeah. one hard spot. I like A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown if I were to go ahead and try to trade him. And I think you could reasonably sell uh, like dysfunction from that Titans offense still other than Derrick Henry and maybe get him a little bit cheaper than you could. Yeah, you know, I'm a little torn on that, Joe, because I don't think he's fully healthy yet, and I'm not quite sure he will be fully healthy the rest of the season. But at the same time, you're right. You make a great great point about his rest of season schedule here. I mean, Buffalo's the toughest matchup he's going to face the entire rest of the year. Yep. And if you look in the fantasy playoffs from week 14 through 17, you got Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and Miami. And then, of course, Houston again if you're playing week 17. So on paper, everything looks great. He just needs to hold up physically. And I'm not 100% sure he could do that yet. But uh, it was certainly a good sign to see him out there and overcome his injuries and, and have a big role uh, last night. They need an explosive asset in the passing game. I don't I don't think it's Julio right now. I don't know why they can't get Julio involved, but it, it took that double doink kind of catch to be able to have Julio have a, a relevant day. I think A.J. Brown has to be a factor for the Titans to be successful. It can't just be Derrick Henry running for 200 yards and three touchdowns. I know he I know he but tries. Maybe it can be. But maybe yeah, it can be. <laughs> you're right. Maybe, maybe it can. It certainly will be against the Chiefs. I think uh, the over-under probably has to be like 240 yards for Henry against that porous Chiefs defense. All right, mm-hmm. let's move into the actual portion of the podcast. We're discussing waiver wire pickups. Uh, we always start with quarterbacks first for you know people new listening to the show. And we try to target players under 50% rostered. I repeat all of this for the longtime listeners only because it's going to get a little bit dicey with six teams on by this week. Bills, Cowboys, Jaguars, Chargers, Vikings, Steelers. That's a number of notable players that are going to be going to be out this week, whether it be a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And I think the unfortunate issue is we'll discuss that the podcast. Not a lot of guys that can really fill in immediately from the waiver wire. So if you're planning ahead, kudos to you. If you somehow have any depth left in your roster, given all the injuries the first six weeks, also good for you. For everybody else who's mortal in the fantasy world, this is going to be a difficult week, and I imagine probably low scoring for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we we ran into like basically fantasy carnivals the last couple of weeks, seeing people drop 170, 180 points. Right. But no, this week it's coming down here. And, uh, you know, you look at the teams on by, let's just rattle them off. Josh Allen and the Bills. Dak Prescott on the Cowboys, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, Justin Herbert and the Chargers, Kirk Cousins, who's been surprisingly fantasy yep. productive, and the Vikings, and Big Ben, who nobody's really using, and and the Steelers here. All those teams are on by, uh, so it's going to get a little crazy. So I think when you start to look at streamers, you maybe want to take a look 
at the uh, the first couple guys that are either coming off their bye week or coming off of injuries. So, you know, I'm seeing James Winston on a lot of these lists. He's at Seattle. I mean, I know that secondary has Jamal Adams, but they're not really stopping anybody. He's at 38% rostered. That's something to look at. And the other guy, like I mentioned, uh, you know, coming off of injury. Now, Tua in London, I watched as much of that game as I could. Didn't really pass the eye test. Threw a terrible, terrible interception. Doesn't look good, but he does have some chemistry with Jalen Waddle, And, of course, uh, at the Falcons this week, which is probably as good of a matchup as you're going to get for any of the streamers in this tough week. Uh, you know, with the Falcons sitting out, what, their 23rd uh, most points, fantasy points per game allowed to opposing quarterbacks, 24.7 with standard scoring here. So you definitely have to look at Tua for at least this week in the short term if you need a plug-and-play. There are a lot of leagues where I have Herbert and nobody else. So we're going to be making this decision on my own here quite a bit. Yeah, so I want to double back to the Jameis Winston one, 38% roster right now. Everyone's targeting Winston because he's going against the Seahawks secondary, which has been very bad. And you mentioned Jamal Adams. It's really more like the linebacking crew is Jamal Adams, and even then he'll probably let interceptions bounce right off his face. It doesn't really matter. That yes, guy's so, just yeah. a, yeah, a bad player this at this point. Yeah. He broke it. He jumped around <laughs> so bad and just like batted the ball so far. It was uh, uh, it was comical. I'm, I'm concerned if I'm picking up Jameis Winston. And mm-hmm. the only issue is – other than two massive games where he has five touchdowns in week one, obviously against our Packers, and then four touchdowns against the Washington franchise, which is as about as inept as the Packers were week one. They're he, dead last. Dead last in fantasy points. He's not a fantasy-relevant quarterback. 111 yards, 128 yards, 226 yards. Like, that's not – and those aren't against great defenses. The Patriots are, but the Giants – the Panthers, who have been in you know middle of the pack so far, you would anticipate Jameis Winston with Sean Payton calling plays to be more efficient. Now, mm-hmm. it is worth pointing out Michael Thomas can come off of the pup list starting this go. week, but he won't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. You know, like I'm I'm not interested in Jameis at all, and I'm actually dropping him in a few places, which is maybe okay. not good. Like I, I'm looking no, at other like roster that. spots, but <laughs> okay, well, I don't so need quarterback. That's that's look, look at the upcoming schedule for Jameis though. You know, Seattle this week, we've talked about that off of bye, I think Sean Payton will get him ready to go. And then uh, Tampa Bay who, you know, good on paper, secondary, not so Bad good. And especially, yep. especially with the, you know, teams having to play comeback mode to keep up with Tom Brady. I mean, Tampa Bay is 29th against the opposing quarterbacks. So they're giving up tons of points. Atlanta the week after who I just talked about with Tua and then Tennessee who we, you know, we just saw Josh Allen go off and everybody else that Tennessee's played. They're not winning games because of their defense this year. That is for sure. So the next four weeks of Jameis are good. And then maybe you get Thomas back in the mix. We don't know exactly when that's going to happen here. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think Jameis has he's to be He's been a like a bottom up. four fantasy quarterback. So you're saying that he's going to immediately turn it around with these mm-hmm. positive matchups, despite having positive matchups earlier this season and doing basically nothing unless it's a touchdown efficiency game. I mean, positive. he's getting more and more familiar. Of course, I like him this week off a of bye. And he's going to get... I think Michael Thomas will eventually make a difference. Now, he, I'm looking at Michael Thomas right now. You know, he had, had the left, left ankle surgery, eligible eligible, ugh, eligible to return this week. Uh, but it looks like he's going to need a bit more time to rest. Uh, he's not quite practicing yet. So maybe give it a week, maybe give it two weeks. I'm still holding him in stake league in, in my back pocket here, hoping that works out. But, uh, you know, at least with Jameis, you know you're getting four good matchups in a row instead of having to plug and play every week. So he's going to get picked up. It's just the truth of it. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's just not going to be me, though. Uh, I, I am interested in in Taylor Heineke, though, against the Packers beat-up secondary. Probably no Jair Alexander again this week. I anticipate the Packers' offense is going to be pretty proficient as well. So if that's the case, 
Washington has to kind of match tick for tat. And I think that's where uh, Terry McLaurin, as long as he's healthy, could have a really big game. And by default, Taylor, Taylor Heineke, too. And Ricky Seals Jones mm-hmm. will probably mention as well, too. Looking pretty good as the fill-in for Logan Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the tough part about this is, is yeah, on paper, Heineke had, should have a good game, but he should also had a good game against the Chiefs on paper. You know, he had positive game script for a lot of that, or at least until the second half. In, in most of the second half, it was positive game script, and he still couldn't do a whole lot with it. So, uh, you know, I guess you get inconsistency with any of these streamers that we're talking about picking up, but I'm just not I'm not saying he's a lock either. Okay, so how would you rank the quarterbacks that are that are available in most formats right now? I'm going to go Jameis to uh, Heineke, I think. Okay. All right, so Mac Jones against the Jets or Teddy against the Browns? Teddy is like listed as questionable currently, or at least yeah. banged up. Like that, that matters yeah. too. He has a foot injury, so I, you know, I kind of put him in there twenty percent at Cleveland. Okay, fair enough. Mac Jones, you know, you get you get your rookie stuff out of Mac Jones. If anyone wasn't watching, you know, I, well, I think everybody watched the Patriots uh, Dallas game because it was the national game. But you know, he he makes the bad interception. He goes right back at the guy and and, and beats him on a double move digs. So. You know, he has his ups and downs. Um, there's some other guys that you can maybe look at. You know, I don't feel great about some of these, but, you know, you have to watch the injuries. Baker Mayfield, you know, the shoulder injury. He's getting an MRI, and they have a short week, so Case Keenum's in there for two quarterback leagues. And, yes, they're going to – with those six quarterbacks, I started this segment off on a bye. They're going to absolutely be some openings in two quarterback leagues where Case Keenum, if he's playing, might be relevant here. Um, and then, of course, not going to help you this week. Dak Prescott has that calf strain, but I think he's going to be good to go for when they're That's after their bye. Like, yeah. So I don't think – you know, out of all these injured guys, Teddy Bridgewater included, I think Baker Mayfield might be in the most danger because of a short week. But I still don't rank – I don't rank Keenum ahead of somebody like Mac Jones, I guess. So – uh you know, so what do I say? Jameis, Tua, Heineke, Mac Jones, Teddy Keenum. I think that's your final list here for. So, uh, and I'll, I'll actually week. put Teddy first among my list. I think Teddy, as long as he's healthy, is going to look pretty good. Has a lot of weapons around him from passing game, and I think that's going to have a lot of offense, even with Kareem Hunt and possibly Nick Chubb out. I think that's going to be a game where there's a lot of passing involved, and the Browns' defense is pretty susceptible in the secondary, even though they have good players. I just don't think that defense is, is quite gelled yet. So I like Bridgewater as a more consistent option. Again, to go back to Winston, he's had, what, mm-hmm. two 250-plus passing yard games and only is fantasy relevant because of touchdown efficiency, whereas Bridgewater has had, what, I think four or five different 250, even 300-plus yard games and has had multiple touchdown passing uh, opportunities. Mm-hmm. I like that Broncos offense more specifically against this matchup, and I'll pick him up over Jameis Winston. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's move over to the running backs. We had talked about Daryl Williams, Devontae Booker, Khalil Herbert, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson as well, too, among a few of those running backs. Obviously, I think we called that Daryl Williams and Devontae Booker strat to the T last week, right? Devontae Booker going to have a tough time against the Rams defense, likely gets all the workload. But Daryl Williams, you want to pick up because you know Daryl Williams is playing for at least three weeks with Clyde Slayer out. Lo and behold, Daryl Williams gets two touchdowns, most of the work for the Chiefs offense. I mean, like that might be one of the better pickups. I know we said that multiple times thus mm-hmm. far of the season to date, uh, as long as he's able to give you, especially at this point of the year, multiple starts at running back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, who knows what kind of what kind of role he'll earn eventually for when Edwards Hilaire comes back. So it's overall a uh, I mean, and, and he seems like he's going to be the guy, too. Right. I mean, there's yeah. not much uh, there's not much McKinnon uh, threat from him. So I think. uh 
it's going to work. I mean, the snap share was 73% Williams, 28% McKinnon. Carries were 21 to 3. Um, you know, Williams basically doubled his previous career high. And the other thing is, is Williams got uh, as many targets uh, as right. McKinnon. So right. um, seems to be an all around guy and one of the offenses that you absolutely want a piece of. He's basically like what Moss or Singletary would be if one of them got hurt and had to sit out. Right. What was the roster rate on on Khalil Herbert? I, I have to imagine after the Damian Williams news that it jumped like to the yeah. 60 to 70 percent. But I, I didn't check. Did, did you have a I, I, I vaguely remember deleting it from our outline last week because so after Montgomery went down, we had talked about it, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, where, two weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, two weeks ago where it was okay. Williams, you know, number one, and and then Herbert maybe thrown as a flyer. Then last week Herbert kind of got his own feature spot because it was really a 50-50 share. So we mentioned, you know, he was around twelve percent at this time last week. I think rostered, and you know, we, we talked about him because he was getting more of the snaps than we expected, and then he comes out this week. And leads the entire uh, fantasy running back community in Snapshare entirely. So, uh, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, he was probably picked up later on. Like, if you look at his availability towards the end of the week, towards Thursday, Friday, you know, then he's probably getting up to 60, 70, 80% rostered. And, and, you know, now is no longer going to be really relevant for this. But, um, uh, I'm happy that uh, I'm happy for anyone that got to pick him up. Yeah, we got some success stories in the comments, which is great. I will say, if you picked up Cleo Herbert, Good job taking advantage of the Packers defense. Not going to be as easy against the Buccaneers defense this week. I know there are six teams on by, <laughs> but I have to imagine there are going to be better options or alternatives that you might have in your waiver wire than Herbert against the Bucs defense. That's right? nice to say in theory, but there are just there are not a lot of options here. And we'll get to them. We'll get to some of them in a sec. You know, I've got a few strong takes on some of these guys. All right. Well, let's start first with JD McKissick, who probably is close to this roster threshold. And if you are in a 12 team or deeper league likely isn't available. He's at 42% rostered on Yahoo, 46 on ESPN. Antonio Gibson is dealing with a calf injury. I talked about Taylor Heineke as a streaming quarterback I might like against the Packers defense. Well, guess what? You have a pass catching running back like Jay McKissick, who probably benefits in the scenario that I mentioned with Heineke, too. Uh, Jarrett Patterson would be the number three back if Gibson's down. Gibson's already dealing with that. I think it's a fractured foot or something to that effect, too. Like it's he's had a few injuries as is that he's been playing through. This one might be a difficult situation, too. And yeah. if I mean, if he's if Gibson's out, McKissick becomes a top 15 play overall. And I think in full point PPR leagues. Yeah, Gibson, is, it's a calf injury for Gibson. And yeah, he's kind of I mean, right. Yeah, he's kind of been gimpy for a lot of the year. No, it's somebody doesn't it? It's somebody else who has a broken shin. I can't think of it. Off no, no, no. I think it's Gibson has a stress fracture in his skin. Or sh- oh, his skin in his <laughs> shin. In yeah, his shin. yeah. Okay, okay. The comment section is helping us out, which is wonderful. Thank you, thank you, guys. Thank you. We appreciate the help. But no, uh, Gibson's kind of been a walking injury, and um, that's obviously not conducive to fantasy. Now, um, McKissick, of course, is the guy who. Uh, so, so the theory is for a lot of people that maybe McKissick's role doesn't change so much as the pass catching back. Mm. And then all of a sudden they, uh, you know, they put in Jared Patterson to kind of try to take Gibson's early down role. I'm not necessarily sure I buy that. And even if that is the case, McKissick is still the back this week against Green Bay because of game script. Yes. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be going to that game at Lambeau. I hope that they Me too. Uh, I'll see you there. Nice. We'll have some beers afterwards. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> it's a long drive back to Madison. Oh, I know. Um, I'm yes, aware. Yes, yes. We're, we're well aware. But no, uh, so 
because of the game script, I mean, McKissick's a guy that caught 80 balls last year and, and uh, right. you know, Gibson was cutting into that early. So uh, McKissick didn't quite live up to that pace, but what happens here is McKissick turns from someone who's relevant and pretty much just PPR to relevant across the board here. Uh, I want, I want to take a look at that snap share here. I mean, obviously it's a little bit well, skewed while you but- do that. It's worth pointing out McKissick for as much plays he got last season in fantasy had only two weeks where he had above 10 plus carries. So you're mm-hmm. probably right. If Gibson would be out, Patterson would be involved to some extent. I, I just wanted to point that out because you know, my yeah. immediate thought was, Hey, mm-hmm. McKissick was a starter for most of last year, at least as a running back too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he wasn't getting many carries. So what, what yeah. is that snap? He might not lead in, he might not lead in carries, but he'll definitely lead in, in touches. Yeah. Uh, the snap shirt last week was 60% for McKissick and only 3.4% for, uh, for Peterson. So, uh, yeah, you know, Patterson. it was basically, yeah, Patterson, sorry, uh, that he was, you know, it was basically because Gibson wasn't removed until kind of later on in the game. But uh, yeah, so you're right. I'm, you know, I'm reading this now here from Jerry's article. He had been playing through a stress fracture in his shin for three games, and now you mix it with the calf injury. And he, I mean, imagine playing through a stress fa- fracture. I always used to say I fell a few classes shy in my MD, but you got to imagine you're you're favoring the leg a little bit, and that's just right. going to open you up to injuries. It's almost like, oh, well, you know, I, of course everything comes back to the Packers. But when Jordy Nelson hurt his one leg, he was overcompensating, then blew his ACL and his other knee in that preseason. So, uh, the, you know, you never know how exactly these things play out. And uh, Gibson might just need a couple weeks on the sideline to actually get healthy. That would probably be in the Washington football team's best interest. So if he's there, McKissick's your number one pickup. Chances are, you know, the availability that I put down here, 42% Yahoo, he's 42% rostered and Yahoo, 46% ESPN. The availability is going to be much less smaller in PPR formats. But now he's relevant in 8, 10 team leagues, even non-PPR ones. So. It's worth pointing out, so Washington has the Packers this week, then the Broncos the following week, then a bye week. If if the bye week was right after that Packers game, I would almost guarantee you Gibson's not playing. Washington could play it fast and loose with Gibson's health, given there's a two-week stretch. But I kind of agree with you, if he's dealing with as much injury-related stuff as he is, maybe it's possible that he misses two two weeks and you have Patterson that fills in. I don't know a scenario you'd have to like explain to be your benches, but if there is like a junk spot that you're looking at, if you're doing the Joe Bartle approach and rostering two defenses or maybe doing two kickers or something crazy like that. Patterson, I can't believe you put your name behind that strategy. It's been effective. Just, I'm totally fine with that for the real. first four or five weeks. I've been great. I've been loving it. Now's the point of the year where I'm glad taking risks <laughs> on a Khalil Herbert or a Jarrett Patterson and using that roster spot more wisely than targeting the Texans. I, you can laugh all you want. I feel great about that. If there is a roster spot available, Patterson might be worth picking up. We do this podcast on Tuesdays, and I think this season more than ever it would have been more beneficial to do it on a Thursday or Friday mm-hmm. when we have more of this injury-related information out there. If Gibson's out, Patterson has a role. It's just to what extent in your league matters because, again, Packers, mm-hmm. Broncos, a little bit tougher matchups over the next two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't need, we don't need puppets like a certain fantasy analyst might, but like I try to get the crystal ball out, like with the cook Madison deal and be like, well, cook Kurt is ankle and he's banged up. Maybe you think about Madison and your Tuesday waivers. It's a similar kind of You've thing. You've done here. a really good job with that this year, actually. You know, like I'll, I'll give you plenty of credit. That a little bit, you know, I got to throw it. Cause we're lucky enough to, you know, that a couple of our leagues that were in, they run fab on Thursday afternoon. And right. That's awesome. But the standard across every, you know, most of the free sites out there, it's Tuesday night. So sometimes you kind of got to take a, guess and roll the dice a little bit and hope that one of those pickups turns into something more because i mean you know not everyone is going to be is within an arm's length of their phone and awake 24 7 that they can catch that news and pick somebody up so 
Well, Thanks. another player that you actually got, I, I think should be a success story was Alex Collins, who is going to be majorly beneficial now with Chris Carson on injured reserve. When that injury happened, remember we were, we were facing the Seahawks on Thursday and thinking, mm-hmm. I don't know, is Chris Carson be out? We haven't had that information yet. And then he didn't play. Alex Collins starts, does pretty well, starts another week. And then the Seahawks go ahead and put him on injured reserve. Only issue, Alex Collins also now banged up here. So we have a situation where Travis Homer or DJ Dallas of all people could be fantasy relevant. And then there's the Rashad Penny factor as well, too, who the Seahawks have some vesting interest in as a first round pick, although they didn't pick up uh, his first round option, I believe. So it's, it's more of like a, yeah, if Penny does well, we'll let him go for a compensatory pick. Mm -hmm. It's a weird situation with Collins injured. And we now are backed into a corner again with the Tuesday podcast where we don't know the status of what Collins will be heading into game day on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so here's how I kind of view this situation. First off, you know, you're looking at Penny. According to Pete Carroll, he's going to be back to full speed this week. Um, Even though Pete Carroll literally zero. Literally zero. Yeah, he hasn't been officially designated to return yet. Um, Maybe it's forthcoming. We haven't seen it yet. Let's just take – let's just play a hypothetical here where – where Collins doesn't play. It's hip and glute injuries. He's a little banged up. He'll probably be weird about it. Obviously, we know Carson is out. I honestly view this similar to the Washington backfield where DJ Dallas, his role doesn't change. He doesn't suddenly lift up the depth chart and uh, and get all these carries. He's still kind of your scat pass catching back a little bit. And I think Travis Homer, in the event that Collins sits and Penny isn't a factor yet, I actually think Travis Homer is the wild card back to own for Seattle. I mean, uh, when Collins was out a couple snaps late in that game, uh, on Sunday night, was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Homer was getting kind of between the tackle rushes, and he actually looked pretty explosive. He got to the second level, one play, and was carrying defenders with him. Um, he was somebody that I drafted. You know, I've liked for a while. I drafted him in our twenty in our twenty man roster dynasty format. Eventually, had to let him go because you know he wasn't. He oh, was he available? I had to pick the him up. Chart. I'm sure somebody picked him up by now. I'm not still rostering this guy, but uh, but but no, he's a guy that uh, will be fantasy relevant. So he's again, we take this. We're not going to know how fantasy relevant he's going to be until Thursday or Friday. So is it worth putting a dollar or two down on him now of your fab yes. budget one two percent? Yeah, absolutely, because he's going to be an under-the-radar pickup, I think, and uh, you might be able to get him relatively on the cheap as opposed to rolling the dice and maybe scrambling to be the last guy to pick him up. I only mention uh, that situation because I think it's more or less comparable. Again, McKissick is possibly rostered in most uh, situations around 50% on both Yahoo and ESPN. So it's Jarrett Patterson or a DJ Dallas, Travis Homer. I agree with you. I think Travis Homer is the guy to pick up. But how would you rate, uh, rate Patterson or Homer? Like, which one are you going to be more aggressive trying to get if you have an extra roster spot to spare? I don't think there's a running back that's worth more than 10% of your fab budget this week. So I wouldn't say I'm necessarily trying to be aggressive on either of them. I'd say, oh, man. Well, we have to talk about Cleveland too. We haven't quite hit well, on Cleveland. I think they that might situation factor into is the different. Mix. No, see, I think that situation is different. It's a step above, which is which is the only reason why I'm trying to bring these two compare. I think I'll take Travis Homer. I think Alex Collins. We know he's a pretty good player, and I think he's looked great with Chris Carson out. But that situation where the clear starter is not playing for X number of weeks matters more to me than the Washington situation where the clear starter Gibson hasn't quite been ruled out yet and possibly won't. So I think by default, Homer has a little bit more value than Patterson, uh, although it's up in the air. Let's get to that Brown situation because you seem very eager to go ahead and discuss uh, Demetrius yes. Felton. The, as as the Johnson. former Browns beat yes. writer, yes. <laughs> I'm, no, I am excited to hear your opinion on this. So let's let's play this out for people who might not be paying attention. Kareem Hunt, 
uh, going to be possibly out now for an extended period of time. We have Kevin Stefanski already admitting he's likely getting put on injured reserve. That comes after Nick Chubb didn't play this past week. A little bit of a surprise with that calf injury that he was listed out. And then there was comments I saw on Friday where Stefanski was non-committal on whether or not he wants to even put Nick Chubb on injured reserve too. Now we have possibly Nick Chubb could play Thursday. This is a really weird spot right now. And Baker Mayfield also injured and banged it for the Browns. So go ahead and just outline your expectations and thought process with this backfield. All right. First things first, Chubb's probably going to play. Now I know, I know he didn't play last week and I know he was a DNP did not practice on Monday's uh, injury report, but I think the That's first a thought one, right? Yeah, it's a walkthrough one. Yeah. So whatever. I think the first thought here is that he has a pretty good chance of playing. And if he does, this whole conversation becomes completely irrelevant, um, but <laughs> great, <laughs> but it's okay. So I, I mean, he, it was a surprise last week that he didn't play. I think it was maybe a little too cautious. And I think he's going to be okay for this week. Otherwise, there would have been more conversation about putting him on IR. They pretty much, you know, front office said definitively right away, he's not going on IR. So I think that the absence was pretty much short-term. And maybe they saved him knowing a short week was coming up. But so I think Chubb's going to be the guy. But if he's not, if he's not, if he suffers a setback, if something like that happens, we have an interesting situation here because Kareem Hunt is on IR. And the only other running back that's taking carries has been Darrenest Johnson. Now, People like to talk about Demetric Felton. I think he's got that, you know, that elusive running back wide receiver uh, eligibility on some sites out there. Um, he's a wide receiver. He hasn't, he didn't take a single carry. Um, if you look at how pro football focus charted Felton, eight snaps in the slot, three out wide, one in line and zero in the backfield. And he was only out there for 20% of the snaps in general. Now I think Felton would be a decent, decent PPR guy because you, again, the way that things are set up this week, you're going to start some junk running backs. And that's just, you know, that's how it's going to be. And, and it's possible you... Jarvis Landry doesn't come back to who's on under reserve. Just yeah, exactly. I haven't, I haven't quite seen anything to suggest that Landry will come back anyway. Right. I, that's the same thing. I, I don't think he's coming back, which would only add value to Felton as a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, Peoples Jones is interesting too. You know, we can kind of rehash that in a little bit. Some of that production was lucky, but we'll move to that. But no, uh, the guy that's getting the between the tackles runs is going to be Dearness Johnson. And I think uh I think he is the guy where the fab has to go out of this Cleveland backfield. Yeah. He's more likely to get score a rushing touchdown. It could all just go to junk, especially if uh, Baker Mayfield doesn't play. I mean, there's a whole lot going on. He said this he's is the game. This is the game that fortunately it's happening on Thursday. So we can get all yeah. this information and that'll kind of direct the fantasy, uh, you know, the, from there. But um, no, Darius Johnson's the guy that'll get most of the snaps in the backfield unless they bring someone off the practice squad as a surprise with Felton being a very, very wild card PPR option uh, that I wouldn't get too excited for necessarily. Uh, but uh, yeah, Felton's not going to score a rushing touchdown. He'll catch a few passes and, Johnson might score a rushing touchdown and get pretty much most, if not all, the between the tackle runs. So that's really how it plays out here. I was trying to find the the tweet. Baker Mayfield more or less said, it's my decision to play, so I'm going to play. It's nobody else's choice. I will be out there Thursday, mm-hmm. which which matters to me. Uh, you know, It sounds like he'll be good to go. Um, back to the backfield, though, with Dearness Johnson, I'm thinking like, man, 6 to 10% of my budget, whatever's left, whereas guys like Patterson, and to lesser extent, or sorry, to more to – a bigger extent for me. I don't know about you. I think Travis Homer is like a one or 2% guy. So Homer, one or 2% Patterson, 1%, something like that. And that's yeah. where Dennis Johnson might be more like a six to 8% because if Nick Chubb is banged up and maybe they are rushing him back and, and you're, 
your thought process where they are trying to save him is actually incorrect. Well, now you have a scenario where DeAndre Johnson would almost be guaranteed, again, three-plus weeks at the starter, similar to Daryl Williams, which has been success so far. I think that matters in this offense. Lesser offenses like the Lions or something, different. This mm-hmm. offense, I think having a backup like Dearness Johnson, who yeah. we know can more or less have that workload and possibility, I, I find some value in that from a free agent perspective. Yeah. The offense is just it's it's crumbling a little bit too. I mean, Odell Beckham, I think, is banged up too. He's obviously underachieved. It just I don't know if we put them in, in the top tier of offenses either. Yeah, from a running game, though, I, I think we might. That's that's yeah, the- okay. Um, okay, a couple other quick hitters. I just want a quick hit at running backs before we can move on here. Uh, these are just some things I noted that are interesting. I'm not saying actionable just yet, but Selvan Ahmed for the uh, Miami Dolphins took 72% of the, of the fourth quarter snaps, as well as two of the four carries on the final drive in a tie game. Um, you know, Miles Gaskin goes from getting 10 catches one week to basically right. disappearing yeah. in London this week. So who knows what the heck happened there? You know, if you're really trying to get preemptive and speculative uh, about a guy that you could start in desperation, maybe he's on the board. And then, you know, looking at this Baltimore backfield, geez, I mean, everyone scored this week. Yeah. I guess that's Except just Lamar Jackson, they are. which I could have used for my fantasy yes. team. That's fine. Yeah, which most yeah, people could have used that. Latavius Murray left with an ankle injury, not considered overly serious, but it, it's Murray, Freeman, and Le'Veon Bell there, and Tyson Williams can be cut now, I think, pretty safely. If you hadn't cut him already after, you know, the first inactive, uh, he's probably a safe cut at this point in time. Real quick, just because you brought in Selvan, uh, Selvan Ahmed, uh, Zuda asks Michael Carter or Miles Gaskin this week. Uh, obviously, Michael Carter and the Jets did not play this past week. They have the Patriots on tap this go around, whereas the Dolphins have looked pretty darn disappointing. And I've rolling my eyes with the Michael Gaskin, Selvan Ahmed situation. I think it's Michael Carter almost by default. It's not like the Jets are going to do that good against the Patriots, but I, I feel more confident knowing what Michael Carter's workload is going to be than Miles Gaskin. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I'm you know, I'm checking. I got to refresh my memory from uh, you know, the, how the Jets snap count shook out, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. And it seems to me that Michael Carter was pretty much the guy, it was 51.9% compared to 38.5% for Ty Johnson and mm-hmm. really less than 10% for Tevin Coleman. Um, he's got the, the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I guess Michael Carter is going to be a surprisingly popular start this week because probably yeah, that's, that's, options. that's yeah. a good that's a good At way least Carter's right. trending in the right direction, Gaskin's trending in the wrong direction. So does that intersect this week? I think so. Okay. All right, let's get to the water receivers. But before we do that, let's get a word from our sponsor, Yahoo. The new NFL season is finally here, and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There'll be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate the opening of Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football and the continuation of it, I should say, and becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has $1 million DFS football contest live. The $1 million contest features obviously $1 million total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship Live Finals event, which will occur at the MGM National Harbor of Maryland this, this December. Play Daily Fantasy Football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. Let's also get a word from our sponsors, Blue Air. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back and uh, talking wide receivers. We had Kadarius Tony as a top pickup last week. Donovan People Jones did make an appearance on this podcast as well this past week. Certainly, we discussed more. Michael Hardman, uh, James Washington, who I liked and was a complete dud, uh, also there as well. We had not Equinemius St. Brown, but Amron St. Brown. And then Josh Gordon, you had to bring up as well a little bit. Rashad Bateman also made an appearance. We have been touting him at least the past two weeks. Pretty impressed with what we saw from him as well. Yeah. So let's go over Rashad Bateman. And uh, I think it's crucial to mention Sammy Watkins didn't play with a hamstring injury. We know Sammy Watkins is injury prone, but Bateman right away gets six targets in his debut. Yeah, six targets in his debut. And I, I believe uh, he was second um, you know, in snap count for the Ravens. So I think that alone, this is a team that could use pass catching weapons. They need a 1B after Hollywood. Granted, it's not a pass-first team and probably will nev- never be, but uh, Bateman's one of those sneaky guys with upside. I mean, it, he comes out in his debut, gets 64.7% of the snaps and four targets, yeah. or six targets, and then you got Marquise Brown with 75% of the snaps, and Duvernay, uh, Devin Duvernay, who I've always liked the guy. I think he's uh, explosive, but I don't quite think he's Rashad Bateman, so Duvernay is at 50% of the snaps. So obviously Watkins whether he's around or not affects things in the short term. And of course this is a one week pickup because you have the Bengals this week and then a buy. Uh, but Bateman, I think has the most upside at least that of any receiver we're going to talk about this week. You think he's only a one week pickup because I like, I think, I mean, no, I, mean you... I mean, I'm sorry. What I mean is long-term upside out of any, out of oh, any gotcha, receivers gotcha, gotcha. this week, you know, I would argue that he's not a short-term pickup. If you're going to, if you're going to, you're going to play catch and release here because you got one week where Watkins plays, maybe he doesn't. And then you've got the bye week here where you're going to have to make more tough choices. So good. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned this. I think of the free agent pickups this week, it's going to be really dependent on what you're missing with six teams on by everyone's going to be juggling stuff. So maybe you have one position more valuable than the other that you need to have fixed. 
if everything's equal, Bateman becomes, I think, my top pickup overall this week, above all the running backs, above everything else. I think there's more season-long value. I think Bateman has a lot of potential. And that Ravens offense has a lot of potential. I mean, everyone's talking about Lamar Jackson, a passer right now. I know this past week, notwithstanding, the Ravens look pretty good offensively and defensively. I think Bateman can be a huge piece to that offensive puzzle. Mm -hmm. And I really like him kind of slotting in just from a schematic perspective next to the speed guys like Sammy Watkins and Marquise Brown. I really, really like Rashad Bateman. And I think from a talent perspective, we had talked about Terrace Marshall uh, and well, there's one other rookie wide receiver that we have mentioned uh, a little bit. Rashad Bateman talent wise is right up there. And I think it was a very worthy selection in the first round this past draft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm looking back, you know, you have to look back to the draft pedigree right here. You know, of course he's a first round pick drafted late in the first round here. Um, and you know, you look at the measurables four four forty, basic four, four, three forty, decent athleticism. I mean, the guy checks a bunch of boxes and he's on one of the top offenses, uh, in the entire league here. So it's just going to be about opportunity from here on out. And I think, even when Watkins comes back now, granted Baltimore is not going to run a ton of three wide receiver sets necessarily just because of who they are as a team. They're going to lead the league or come close to leading the league in run percentage. Um, but even when Watkins comes back, I think Bateman's the guy that's out there in three wide receiver sets and there's room for five, six targets a game for him, especially if other teams are choosing to focus and blanket up Hollywood. Let's uh, move over to the Colts real quick. And we were discussing Jarvis Landry and how he probably isn't coming off of injury reserve yet. I know he's, designated to return but you have three weeks to do so i don't i don't see them really pushing it in this thursday game i was surprised to see ty hilton available to play and i guess it makes sense because it's the texans and there is not one receiver that has destroyed a team more than ty hilton against the houston texans throughout his entire career comes back immediately does pretty darn well against that nemesis of a team for him or i guess it's more like more like texans nemesis is ty hilton anyway mm -hmm. we have paris campbell uh possibly with a serious injury. And it's like T.Y. Hilton slotted right back into his normal role. What's your read on that situation in this he a worthy pickup? Yeah, so I was doing the uh, outline, and then I saw, okay, Paris Campbell has a foot injury that is considered serious. We'll miss some time. You know, at best, he probably goes on IR. At worst, the season is over, of course. Um, so I, I look at that situation, and I think, oh, well, I mean, T.Y.'s number one, Pittman's number two. Is there really room for a number three in another run-heavy offense? So I was thinking Zach Pascal, eh, you know, maybe I'll throw him out on here for deeper leagues. But then I looked, and T.Y. Hilton's only rostered in 39% of Yahoo right. and 24% of ESPN I, It leagues. snuck up on people. Yeah, it definitely snuck up on people. I mean, it's what happened to me is I took him in stake league, 14 team. We don't have an IR for offensive players. I had him for a dollar at the end of the draft and then realized he was going to, you know, miss six weeks or whatever. So I just cut him because, you know, rosters are shallow in that league anyway. And I didn't have a whole lot of room. And I'm guessing a ton of people, especially leagues that drafted early, uh, made the same decision. And uh, I mean, T.Y. Hilton looked like somebody that can, uh, you know, that can be impactful from a fantasy perspective here, you know. I think he'll be limited by Carson Wentz here over the long term, but uh, you know, can he have a big game here and there? You know, it, it might be a best ball type of player, but you know, it, he has big games in. I mean, I mean, it's not like he's well past his prime or shot here by any means. If he's healthy, he still might be able to take the top off the defense once in a while, especially with Campbell gone. I think that's an important context. At least we know for certain you can start T.Y. Hilton week thirteen because that's when the Colts play the Texans again. Other than that, I don't know if it's worth rostering. Up until that point, I am a little bit intrigued, especially with all these bye weeks against the 49ers, who we know their secondary is pretty beat up. I don't anticipate Jonathan Taylor as much as I love him, and I know you love him too. 
being able to be as effective as he has the past two weeks against that Niners defense. Mm -hmm. So by default, the passing game has to get more involved. Michael Pittman is a guy, and I think I like him a decent amount. I know you probably like him a little bit more. I think T.Y. Hilton might have to be a factor in that contest. So I, I mm -hmm. like it's Rashad Bateman for sure is a pickup, and then T.Y. Hilton might be in the same vein as a few of these other guys that we might be talking about, whether it be mm -hmm. Donovan Peoples-Jones or Darnell Mooney. Like, how would you rank those three? Uh, knowing Mooney probably is rostered in a lot of spots. Yeah, I mean, I gotta go Bateman first, and then and then probably then probably Ty, and then yeah, I guess and then and then Mooney and Peoples Jones. I just the Peoples Jones thing. Obviously, he had a great game last week. Um, but some of that, I mean, the Hail Mary thing is a little fluky, you know. Right. Uh, I, I don't think you can count on something like that necessarily every week. I want to go back to Ty Hilton one second here because he was only in his return. He was only out on the field for fifty percent of the snaps, and he still caught four balls on his four targets for 80 yards so it was it was incredibly efficient when those snap numbers go up i think uh i think he'll be productive here as well um what else was i going to say here i had a couple more wide receiver notes well, i was going to say let's let's circle back to darnell mooney because Zuda asks do you start darnell mooney or jalen waddle this week in flex we could get to that question in itself but we'll kind of tease that with your thoughts overall on the bears passing attack and darnell mooney who's again probably rostered in most places i mean okay so i guess we're close to we fold into this conversation the fact that you can probably cut Allen Robinson right now, right? We said last week was the last week was the week, right? He faces right. the Packers, banged up secondary that you know wasn't necessarily that great to begin with. He catches the break of his life by not having to face Jair Alexander and just completely, you know, kind of tanks the opportunity here. So um I don't know Four if he's passes for 53 yards. Do you really think that's tanking it? Oh I mean they needed more out of him. I know right? we I know we expected more, but I don't know if that's cut. That's his best game of the year, isn't it? <laughs> Until they play the Packers again, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I, I, it's going to be tough. I mean, you have the Buccaneers this week, and I think, again, there's absolutely no way Khalil Herbert and the rest of those guys are going to be running the ball. So Robinson, theoretically, should be able to have an advantage. And that secondary is so beat up. I mean, they were starting 37-year-old Richard Sherman or whatever he is. I guess it's 73-year-old Richard Sherman and his bad calf who gets hurt right away. And now he's out. Like, when Richard Sherman was your best option and immediately gets hurt. That's telling. I think you have to keep Allen Robinson, especially this week with all these bye weeks, and possibly yeah. still play him. Listen, yeah, you're right. Okay, so this week with all the bye weeks, you basically keep any active players you have. So I'll get <laughs> anybody them. who actually has two legs and is able <laughs> yeah, to play. Yeah, anybody week. who's out there playing. But I mean, he's number two in this offense to Mooney. I think Mooney's in the in the uh, in in the midst of a breakout season. You know, as breakout as you can with you know Fields being the quarterback here. Um, Mooney is out snapping and out targeting Allen Robinson in the vast, vast majority of games. And a lot of games, Cole Komet is out snapping and out targeting Allen Robinson. They play different positions. And yeah, no, I know exactly. They play different <laughs> positions. But if Robinson is the third pass catching option on a run first, terrible team, what do you do with that? I mean, I just, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that you need to be comfortable with the idea of eventually cutting him. Otherwise, you're just going to torture yourself with this dead weight on the roster here. And I mean, Mooney is what it is, but you know, I'm following the opportunity here, and that seems to be the guy that Fields looks at. So, and that seems to be the guy who, you know, Nagy calls his number. Well, okay, um, let's go back to the question that with Darnell Mooney and Jalen Waddle. Obviously, Waddle had a pretty good game this past week. We know Waddle's going against that. Falcons defense as a whole, it's not very good. If there's one player that Tua seems to rely on right now, it is Jalen Waddle, maybe Mike Jasicki too. Yeah. But we there might be the possibility of Devontae Parker's back this week. So which way do you lean on this? 
Um, yeah, I mean, the Parker thing is really a, a thing in the fold. Now, I like Mooney relative to Allen Robinson, but in general, I'm not overly crazy about him right here. Right. So I, I think I'm picking Jalen Waddle in this situation, and it's not even that close for me. After, after the 13 targets we saw him last week, the chemistry looks to be there. Even if Devontae Parker gets back in the mix here, uh, I think you know the, the touchdown upside especially, I'd go with Waddle. I'm right there with you. Uh, any other wide receivers that you want to mention real quick or should we move on tight ends? I, I pulled this from Payne's article. I'm not sure if that went up yet or not, but uh, he makes a good point that Sterling Shepard is 52% rostered, barely over our threshold. I think we need to mention him. I'm guessing a lot of people cut him when the Giants offense Andrews, was looking yeah. bad, when Danny Dimes went down for you know what, what turned out to be not really that long, and um, and and seeing Tony do what he did. But now Tony, okay, again, just to recap for those that didn't catch the Giants, he was basically going to be the focus of the game plan, right? They targeted him three times, I think, on the opening drive. He caught three of those passes. It's like first drive, looking great. Then he goes out and gets hurt. Their game plan got shattered a little bit. But, you know, if he has to miss any time, which I imagine they'll probably be a little bit careful with him, if you have to miss it any time, I mean, Sterling Shepard was one of the target leaders in the NFL before he went down with injury. And at only 52% roster, does someone cut bait? I would argue that uh, if you need to play this week, I would argue that Sterling Shepard would be the top wide receiver pickup here. I mean, long term, I actually, even long term, I still might even lean Shepard over Bateman just because we've, you know, we've seen it and the offense is going to be one that has to pass. Uh, okay, cool. So let's move over to tight ends then, right? That's that's fair. I'm just answering questions right now in the comment section. Do you care to mention who you want to start between Brandon Cooks and Jalen Waddle? I thought that was no-brainer Brandon Cooks. Uh, Cooks is a target machine. I still think I right. go Cooks. And then Khalil Herbert or Damian Williams? I mean, I, I said, please don't start either if you can help it. But if, I mean, like, if Damian Williams is healthy, I think he gets more of the passing opportunity, which by default makes it the start. But if Damian Williams still can't play, because again he's on the reserve COVID list, by default you have to go Khalil Herbert. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, okay. I mean that's just such a terrible situation. I know. That's I said. Please start anybody else if you can uh, against that Buccaneers defense. The Waddle over Cooks one gets interesting because if Parker doesn't play, you can make a good case for Waddle too. I know I said Cooks kind of right off the cuff, but uh, you know there, you could go a different way with that if you want. I, I think the target machine thing is a factor, and you know right now with what the Texans offense looks like. The Cardinals are going to probably score 70 points on that defense. So by default, you're going to assume there's going to be some offense from the Texans. And Davis Mills has not looked great, but he hasn't looked horrible either. It's not like it's a Jacoby Brissett situation. Brandon Cooks is the guy that I'm starting until uh, further notice. So we had discussed Donald, uh, I combine their names, Dan Arnold and Donald Parham as tight ends this past week. Obviously, Parham and the Chargers just stunk overall. Dan Arnold has uh, been okay, at least from the starting perspective. I think it's time to start really considering Ricky Seals-Jones as a possible pickup. And again, against this Packers defense, we have to imagine a lot of offense is going to happen from the Washington perspective. I think Ricky Seals-Jones is possibly a start this week on top of a pickup, and he's only 29% rostered. Yeah, plug and play him until Thomas is uh, ready to come off IR. Uh, the thing is, is, he's got the Packers a decent matchup this week. The Broncos on paper are the second best team against tight ends in week eight. So that's not to look forward to. And then they have a week nine buys. But I mean, you know, Ricky Seals Jones, I will say from what I caught of that game, he passes the eye test. There was one blown coverage. He always I think, has, too, I so. feel like, honestly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's just, you know, he, at every, I, this has been the last three, four years. Ricky Seals Jones comes up on the waiver wire podcast. Right, right. Uh, but what happened here um, is, you know, he's getting a huge percent of the snap share and Heineke is going to him. 
And um, let's see. So week eight at Denver is the earliest possible return for Logan Thomas. And then they have a bye week. So, again, I don't think you can pick him up and expect him to be your starting tight end for the rest of the season. But if you can grab him for a low price and plug and play for a week, maybe two, um, why not? He's probably the best one that's available that we haven't discussed yet. We we didn't have this in the rundown, but I think it's worth mentioning because the news really happened last week. Zach Ertz now being traded to the Cardinals. Uh, he played that Thursday night contest. Obviously, couldn't play Sunday, not legally not allowed by the NFL's purposes. Wouldn't that have been sweet? Better, I picked Ertz up everywhere, I, and I was so pumped. And then I was like, oh, he got traded. I was like, ha double points. Here we go. Much better situation now in the Cardinals. We saw Max Williams have some utility. I think he popped up on this podcast twice. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like Zach Ertz now becomes a tight end, like, seven or eight? Or is he still in that quagmire of 10 through 15 where you're like, roll the dice. Let's see who gets me three catches and possibly touchdowns. There are a lot of leagues where I picked up Ertz, and there are not many leagues in which I intend to drop him. I might listen. I there. I don't want to drop him long term. I'm a little worried about this first week, even though it is against Houston here. Um, but there are a lot of leagues where I'm just going to take my lumps and have low expectations and flex Zach Ertz this week, just because I don't want to drop him and I have too many other buys across the board. Okay. All right, that's that's fair enough. I don't know what his roster rate is, but I have to imagine after sixty-one percent. I looked it up when you brought his name up because I was yeah. like, "Yes, it's a good call." I do want to talk about him. Yeah, after. I mean, we touched that, on him. That's going to be more like last week. It was 80. breaking news last week, right? It was like Goddard was on COVID, and yeah, uh, yeah, and that yeah, came right, in like right while we were doing the show. podcast yeah, too, so we didn't get a lot of chance to. Yeah, I, I would imagine we're like 90 percent rostered at this point next week, and that's completely fine with me. I think he is like a tight end eight or nine. He's on the higher end. Like I'd rather have Noah Fant. I'd rather have Mike Jasicki, but like the Higbees, Gerald Everett's, <laughs> like I think that's where Zach Hurts. I would have I would have him above maybe a Higby. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Go ahead. All right, before we hit the defenses, because this has been a little bit of a light podcast, we have a uh, question from our guy Frostbite here. Nick Chubb, he has Nick Chubb and Javante Williams. He was offered Elvin Kamara for both of them. Should he trade for Elvin Kamara and give up Chubb and Javante Williams? Um. Mm. Oh, that's so hard. Well, the the one thing to point out here, Jake, and for listeners out there as well, too, Kamara has already went through his bye. So you are getting a guaranteed starter so long as he's healthy for the rest of the season, whereas Javante Williams, Nick Chubb still have to deal with that. I think that's a big thing if you are going out there and getting trades. Not that there's many guys from week six that were bye week eligible that you're interested in. That's an important part when I'm looking at trades that I can I get this extra game from somebody. All right, so whenever someone sends me a trade question, I'll kind of walk through my process here. The first rule of thumb is uh, who gets the best player in the trade, right? You know, that's the easiest way to look at it, you know, in in most basic terms. And the best player is, without a doubt, uh, Alvin Kamara. And so that makes me lean that I want Kamara. The thing is, is you may... I'm looking at this trade as Chubb for Kamara because I even Javante Williams, I have him in a 10 team league. And there's a bunch of times where I thought about maybe starting him, but never have. He's your fringe flex guy at best he almost doesn't factor into the rotation into this uh decision for me i love nick chubb i have him in stake league i think he's going to be awesome you know rest of season eventually hunt's going to come back though and chubb is also currently a little bit banged up so i I'd t- i think i'd take the safe play and go with uh go with elvin kamara here interesting and i'll go the other way as much as i'm low on javante williams i think by the end of the year he's going to surpass our boy melvin gordon and nick chubb even if he's Man, it's tough because you you want to take this trade before he goes on injury reserve. I imagine injury reserve, he's out the door. Like that that trade's not going to happen. I still think he's going to play this week. I don't know. Right, that's what I'm saying. So like, if you believe Nick Chubb's playing this week, he's likely healthy. And if he's likely healthy, I'd rather have Javante Williams and Nick Chubb over Alvin Kamara. 
it's a gamble on whether or not you think Chubb is going to be out multiple weeks. And if you are the opinion that he's not, which you and I seem to be, then there is no reason to do that trade. I would rather have Nick mm -hmm. Chubb and Javante. Yeah. Fair? Okay. Uh, we have one other user question, then we'll go through the defenses real quick. Sterling Shepard or Jalen Waddell at flex? A lot of Jalen Waddell-related flex questions this week after his big breakout game in London. All these don't matter on Tuesday because it's good. I think I think the fact where Parker, whether or not Parker comes back, uh, really dictates this question here. Um, so right now I'm going to say Waddle, but my opinion could change over the course of the week. So if Devontae Parker does play, then you're back to Sterling Shepard. I would need to look at it again, make sure that Tony's out, make sure that Slayton's still out, and then then I'd probably reconsider and maybe go Shepard. Okay. You know, this podcast is live every single day throughout the week. Maybe you don't want to try it on Fridays when they're doing the DFS portion, although I'm sure those guys would be willing to have that question. Thursday, Mario and John, they love answering questions. I don't know if they actually do or not, but they're going to have to because that's when a better opportunity for a lot of these uh, one, uh, a lot of these injury-related stuff might be happening. All right, let's get to our final sponsor here, Thrive Fantasy. Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research, research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim your RotoWire subscription. Visit rotowire.com slash thrive, deposit a minimum $10, and receive a 100 deposit bonus back up to $100. And you play in your first paid contest, and you will receive that free six-month RotoWire subscription. That's Thrive Fantasy to get a chance at a six-month free subscription to RotoWire. Let's move over to the defenses. It's tough. I mean, if the Cardinals They're are not ugly. available, right? Like, if they are not available who go against the Houston Texans this week, it's kind of brutal from a pickup perspective. You might be able to talk me into the Saints, who have a pretty good defense going against Geno Smith, maybe missing Alex Collins as, as well. Or you could talk me to the Dolphins, who I'm probably starting a lot of other places against that Falcons team, but it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Cardinals don't technically fit our threshold, but I'm mentioning it because it's so uh because it's so thin this right, week. Right. Um so, you know, you have to mention that, but I, I, the Saints, I guess, are the top ads otherwise. And that's who, uh, you know, that, that was kind of who I figured. That's who Payne put in his article as the, as the, uh, as the Cardinals first. And, you know, looking at Jerry, it's one, two Cardinals Saints. And then after that, you know, it's, things start to get real, real interesting. <laughs> right. Real, real interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good defenses that are going against bad teams. Uh, we had the Rams this past against the Giants, but like the Patriots probably rostered everywhere going against the Jets. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Uh, and I'm thinking like, uh, okay, so you have the Cardinals against the Texans. Great too. Buccaneers against the bears rostered everywhere. I mean, it's just, it's just going to be a hard week. So if you are streaming defenses, good luck, expect two points and be happy mm -hmm. with it because probably five of the teams that are also picking up defenses are yeah. in the same way. Is there a universe where like Baker and Chubb suddenly don't play? And then you think about the Broncos. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I mean, Short even, week, actually, you know what? Honestly, if not Baker, much talent, if Baker is playing, I'm still fine with it. If Nick Chubb is out, then I'm going to go with the Broncos. I think their secondary is one of the best in the league. They have a pretty good defense as is. And uh, I'm not convinced Baker is a very good quarterback as well. Like that doesn't move the needle for me much. Yeah. The 49ers are interesting too. Um, just because they're upcoming week that we, again, Next week, they got the Bears. And again, you're not pick, picking them up and not starting them and sitting them on your bench for next week against the Bears, especially with bye week hell this week. But uh, I don't know. The, and you're mentioning the against the Colts. The Colts, right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's a low it's a low implied total. They're the home team. You could probably do Coming worse. Off bye, right? Coming off a bye, yeah, exactly. Against the Colts who have been inefficient. Yeah, I agree. Like, I would still, I would still rather have the Saints 
but it's like the 49ers or Dolphins, 50-50, yeah. right? Like I think yeah. that's you can go either way. All right. And and yes, I, I messed that up. The Broncos are like very widely rostered. So of course you're playing them this week, I suppose. Uh apologies there, Frostbite. Good. Thanks for calling me. <laughs> I, I, I need that. It's like a Jamie on the podcast <laughs> off to the side, if, if you know what I'm talking you about. Just, yeah, you, you need the correction. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that does it for us on the Tuesday edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast. Waiver Wire show, of course, we have plenty of other great podcasts lined up throughout the week. We have Jeff Erickson with a guest, a roulette-style guest, every single Wednesday. And then Mario and John can help you out with those uh, start-sit lineup questions mm-hmm. as I go through every one of the Week 7 previews. Again, six teams on by. Not a lot of waiver wire additions this week, so good luck to the rest of your teams. And uh, if you have any questions for us on your lineups as we get closer to Sunday or, I guess, Thursday kickoff, you can always tweet us at JB Fantasy Sports or Jake at Roto Jake. This was the Roto Wire NFL Podcast sponsored by WinBet. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope, again, uh, tune, hope to see you guys tune in next week. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.